down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Hey, welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm Chris McCarthy. And we're joined now um, by a candidate for Attorney General, Andrea Campbell. Hey, Andrea, no, uh, long time no talk. <laughs> <laughs> great to be on, and it was great to see you this weekend. Yeah, um, tell the audience about that um, a little bit. I have a column on WBSM.com that talked a little bit about the conversation we had and uh, your time um, at the Somerset Town Committee, um, uh, Democrat Town Committee, uh, Clamboyle. But tell us about your experience there. It was wonderful. It was obviously folks from Fall River, uh, Somerset, Dighton, surrounding communities, and uh, my my you know my time to connect with folks, to thank those who supported me in a hard fought primary, and then of course to remind them that we have a general election and we cannot slow down, and that I would continue to show up, especially in, in counties and parts of the state that feel left out and left behind. To listen and to talk about all the ways an attorney general could help with economic prosperity, constitutional protections, everything related to health care and so much more. So it's great to be out there. So we talked about this on um, on Saturday. Uh, you know, you uh, as attorney general, if you're elected, it will be centrally located in Boston. You were a Boston city councilor, but you recognize that the you know the centers of economic and political power are in are in Boston. So you want to strengthen um, the uh, regional offices, including the one in New Bedford and downtown. Um, can you tell us about your plan uh, to expand and strengthen the New Bedford regional office uh, for the attorney general? Yeah, so what I heard the most, there are four regional offices. One is in New Bedford, um, one in Worcester, one in, one also in, in Springfield. And the majority of folks uh, who live in those communities don't know that those offices exist. And so this is an opportunity, I think, for the attorney general's office to not only make it known that these offices exist, especially the one in New Bedford, but the region we're talking about, uh, to strengthen and, and, and increase the number of maybe staff to make sure the teams that operate in those offices are culturally competent, speak different languages, are accessible to the community, come from the community. That's the only way that you're able to really deliver constituent services effectively and to respond to the needs of a community and, of course, to, to create policy that's responsive in partnership with the residents who live in those communities. So there's a lot that can be done, and I think that's uh, something I would take on immediately as the next Attorney General. So, uh, <clears throat> Ms. Campbell, I um, I didn't vote in the Democrat, I don't vote in the Democrat primary. I'll be voting in November. Um, and I, I have to tell you that I really admire your personal courage. Um, and I say that on the political matter of charter schools. Um, it takes a lot, a lot to stand up in the Democrat Party of Massachusetts today um, against the sole interests of the teachers' unions. They're very well organized. They make a good argument for their positions, as they should. But you've shown tremendous political coverage uh, on this issue, um, and it's something that I 
look at you on a whole host of issues that maybe I don't agree with you on, but you are going to show political courage, which is, I think, all we can really ask of an elected mm-hmm. official these days. Just explain it a little bit and maybe explain overall your political theory and courage on issues that maybe aren't popular with the most powerful people. Political courage, I, I think it's essential. At the end of the day, folks elect or at least want to elect leaders who are going to stand up for them and fight for them. Um, and I know I wouldn't even be a posi- in the position of being a candidate for Attorney General of Massachusetts. This is a historic race. But for just having a life where I fought my entire life, through really a lot of tragedy and pain and the loss of my parents, the loss of my twin brother, to become the first in my family to go to college, the first in my family to go to law school, and dedicate my life to being a public servant to helping others. And in order for others to have access to those same opportunities, you have to fight for them. And I want folks to know I will fight for them. And that sometimes means taking on issues that may be unpopular, as you suggested, and doing what I think is right. So my support of charter schools has always been grounded in the district I represented on the city council in Boston, one of the poorest in the city of Boston, and families not feeling as though the choice they were getting from Boston Public Schools was adequate. And I'm a product of five excellent Boston public schools. I went to all public schools. All of my schools were excellent. Right. Uh, all of them were excellent. But I also live in reality. That's not true for every family. So who am I to judge their choice? And sometimes they choose a MECO program or charter school. And many of them are poor families. So they're praying even for a scholarship to a parochial school or private school. And my goal has always been to improve the traditional public schools so that our families don't have to choose something else until we get there. Um, they're looking for something in the immediate to help their children. And we all know education is a way out, especially for poor families, as it was for me. And this is an opportunity for us to have some hard conversations uh, and about that. At the end of the day, I do not think the next attorney general will be out there and should be out there pushing the expansion of charter schools. It really is about accountability and transparency, and I've stressed that. But at the same time, I've also explained my position, and it's unwavering because someone needs to stand up and speak for these families. Um, And I think there's a way to do that while also pushing for traditional public schools to do and be better. You're listening to South Coast tonight with uh, Marcus and Chris, and we're speaking with um, Democratic nominee for Attorney General Andrea Campbell. Um, So I just have to say this. Uh, You said you didn't vote in the primary. I said, oh, my goodness. So in the future, though, we have to push that. Well, well he, 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 pulled a, he pulled a Republican ballot. I'm a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my way of saying it without losing your attention. I love it. Well, I will say this. I hope to earn your vote in the general because you can vote um, outside of your party. And I've been stressing that many of our voters in Massachusetts, as you know, are independent. Yes. Um, and so I hope to earn your vote in the general. So we're speaking Thank with uh, we're speaking with Andrea Campbell, um, candidate for attorney general. Actually, while we're on this while, while we're on the subject, what do you think the difference between your you and your opponent is in this election? I think there are several. One is definitely my my personal experience, lived experience, personal story. Um, I had a very tragic upbringing, and I talk about that, which I think is relatable to many families in Massachusetts, uh, losing a, a brother to the criminal. To the prison system. My twin brother died when he was 29 years old, waiting to go to trial, um, and died as a result of receiving inadequate health care. All of my biological parents are deceased. All of my biological grandparents are deceased. So I had to really fight for everything 
that was afforded me. And I know there are many families out there that are seeking opportunity and want someone who can reflect some of their struggle and their challenge. But I'm also more than a story. I've dedicated my life to public service. Um, I've worked in state government. I've worked in, uh, in, in partnership with the attorney general's office as an attorney. I've worked in the nonprofit sector uh, doing education cases for children for free. And so my breadth of legal experience is also different and distinct from my Republican opponent. And I'm also about a message of bringing people together. Regardless of your affiliation, if you live in Massachusetts, you deserve access to opportunity. And I think there's some rhetoric coming from my Republican opponent that is divisive, um, designed to separate, reflective of the national narrative, which is not getting anything done, helping no one. And me, for me, it's all about bringing people together and really delivering solutions to real problems that residents are facing every day. So we're speaking with Andrea Campbell, a candidate for uh, attorney general, the Democratic nominee, um, won a hard fought primary. And in fact, one of the early endorsers down here in New Bedford of your campaign was uh, Council President Ian Abreu. He's the top vote getter in our city. Um, You and I think it's because you made it a point during your campaign uh, to visit uh, all the gateway cities in the Commonwealth. Uh, Why did you think why did you think that that was important? I heard, and I knew this to be true, uh, I used to be the general counsel and lawyer at a regional planning agency that covers 101 municipalities in Massachusetts, MAPC. It's still around. And what I heard from communities outside of Boston and communities outside of 495 is that they feel left out and left behind. And I know that's true. We are a Boston-centric state, and we need to change that. There are many communities like New Bedford that are generating Uh, economic opportunity through climate and and clean energy projects through wind. Um, Where we refer to them as gateway cities, we probably have to change the name to center cities because they're driving economic opportunity, not just for the residents in Bedford, but for the whole region. And we should celebrate that. We should also at the same time make sure these communities are invested in our resource. And an AG can play a role in doing that, along with, of course, working with the next governor as well. And so I decided to launch that Gateway Cities tour to get out there firsthand to, uh, and to make sure that I was showing up and having real conversations with folks doing the work, including the council president, and talking in specific terms about how an AG could help. Um, and so I'm honored to have his support and so many others. I'm going to keep working until we cross that finish line in November. So, uh, Ms. Campbell, we, um, both Marcus and I have been, or Marcus still is, an ele- a locally elected official. You were a Boston City Councilor. doesn't really get much more local than that. Um, you know, right on the ground, one of the things, as you know, is um, <clears throat> violations of the open meeting law. Sometimes they're unintentional, quite frankly. Um, and th- there's no harm meant, but they need to be avoided anyway. Um, my my question to you, Miss um, Campbell, is while it's not sexy, it's very important that open meeting laws and and access to public records laws are are adhered to by the government, uh, not just ignored when citizens need access or journalists need access to those requests. What's your theory on that, and how's your office going to operate? They're critical, and of course, know that as a local elected, and I always celebrate local elected. I often choke, you know, you're the one to go into a store and people either yelling at you yes. or applauding your work, <laughs> you know, thank you. Yeah. And, and you're on the front lines every single day and yeah. using not extended gratitude. Um, you're the first point of contact. And I actually think there's a way to strengthen those relationships with the AG's office. Our current AG has done a great job of that, her and her team. And um, we can continue to expand upon that. And I think 
open meeting law, public records requests, it comes up all the time. I mm-hmm. was in a conversation just earlier this morning with a, a local elected who's on the council in Newton talking about concerns related to public records requests, how long it can, can, can be to get uh, access to information, open meeting law. They're having a dispute right now about whether a certain topic could have been discussed and the, the council disagrees with some of the analysis and assessment. So I think you have to, one, show up, be connected to the local bodies across the state. And I think there's a way to uh, strengthen even some of those areas, work with the next secretary of state to really make sure that we're responding in a timely manner. So we're speaking with Andrea Campbell, Democratic nominee um, for uh, attorney general. So you, you talked about Maura Healy a little bit. You mentioned her. She really made it a point to, um, uh, you know, tell the voters uh, in the primary uh, how much she believed she needed you on the ticket with her this November. Why is that? I think, we, one, we've worked together. When I was on the city council, we, we handled different issues together, high insurance rates, and including the disparities in the auto insurance rates and, and other matters, too. I think she's also mindful of what's happening nationally in the context of whether it's addressing racial disparities. And when we say representation matters, uh, no woman of color has ever been elected statewide in Massachusetts. Um, I think she also finds some inspiration in my personal story and saw my candidacy as not only pushing the envelope on, on the historic nature of it, but also pushing the envelope on what the office could do, um, pushing what we can do in the context of, say, criminal legal reform, prison reform, which connects to my personal story, doing more in the context of housing, which is I've done a lot of work legislatively uh, to address the housing affordability issues in Massachusetts. Um, and and I, I think she sees me as someone who can be, of course, a partner in the work, but uh, someone who is dedicated to public service and someone who is about getting things done. And realign in that, we're out here campaigning still, reminding folks they have to get out and vote in November uh, and that there's a lot of work still to be done. But the, the Democratic candidates running are about getting things done, not the rhetoric, really rolling up our sleeves, moving the needle on some really pressing issues. And I'm really proud to be amongst a lot of women who are running because I also know that women like to get things done and not waste time. Right. Um, uh, Ms. Campbell, the, um, one of the big pieces of your office is consumer protection. Um, most business people are out there. It's better for their reputation to do the right thing. But there are bad actors, you know, and um, <clears throat> consumers do get taken advantage of. They do use, um, they misrep, um, mis, mis, mistreat workers, things like that. Um, what's your focus as far as consumer and labor protections are? There are a lot of issues, and, and actually use these uh, bureaus um, to talk about ways in which the AG's office could help in, in, in ways in which the, the average resident usually doesn't anticipate. Mostly the AG's office is just law enforcement, and that is important protect our communities, protect our children, but consumer protection cases are on the rise. People are being defrauded. I, I was at a call earlier today, just an uptick in elders and seniors being pushed out of their home, um, homes, all types of, of monetary uh, scams that they're dealing with. In addition to that, the ways in which we do banking now, some of it yes. involves going online or using social media for customer service interactions, which has some real issues about your privacy and your personal information. Um, talking to someone recently about their car being illegally repossessed. This is not uncommon for certain folks to go into certain car dealerships 
um, and for them to be abused in some way financially or not given access to information. There is a lot to do in the context of consumer protection. The other piece on the labor side, wage theft. Yes, folks right. actually going to work and not getting paid. And I tell folks, think about that. You worked all day long, you showed up on time, you put your hours in, and your employer doesn't pay you. There's a whole division within the AG's office to deal with that, um, not only in the context of labor, but in hospitality, retail as well. It's also an area we see cases quite a bit in the immigrant, in immigrant communities. So I think there's a lot to do to strengthen that division, add more resources, and then also push the, the legislation of sitting at the state house, been there for maybe 10 years, really pushing to get that passed. It is significant to be able to give the AG more tools to go after those bad actors that keep taking advantage of folks they know can't afford a lawyer. And that's what we're talking about. Folks who desperately need a lawyer can't afford it. Well, they should come to the AG's office, the people's law firm. We're speaking with uh, Andrea Campbell, Democratic nominee for Attorney General. Um, you know, you talked about expanding the office uh, uh, down or uh, strengthening the office, uh, the the regional office down here in New Bedford, uh, strengthening regional offices um, across the Commonwealth, the four that you have in the Commonwealth. Um, I hope that you'll use uh, local media like us at WBSM <laughs> as, a, as a partner uh, in your campaign to do that. Absolutely. And, and, and thank you, Marcus, for bringing it up, because I have been stressing we did well in the primary because we had so many local outlets such as yourself the radio and print showing up at our events responding to uh, the things we were sending out writing substantive stories where voters could get information and be informed before they went to the polls Um, and that was true across the state we just had a piece in the sentinel the same thing i learned about a young man battling cancer and he wanted to meet me we wouldn't have learned about him and all the other great things happening in communities, but for the local papers and radio programs. So, yes, look forward to continuing the partnership um, and helping uh, think about how we sustain some of these outlets that are struggling. Yeah. It's a very difficult time for local outlets, um, and they're critically important to making sure folks have information, um, not only in the eastern part of the state, the central part of the state, south coast, but also as far as Berkshire County. So we have a lot more work to do, but we'll absolutely stay in touch and, and definitely view you as a partner and just appreciative of you always showing up. She wasn't talking about us, by the way, and she's talking about outlets that are struggling. We're doing great. We're doing wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so. I, I tell you what, Miss um, Cable, I, I'll tell you now, I'll be voting in November, and I think you'll be happy with my choice. Thank you very much. I appreciate that because we've always run a campaign to say, join us, be a part of the work that we're going to do because it is about inclusivity and mostly helping people and making sure government does it with a sense of accountability, transparency, and integrity. Uh, Andrea Campbell, candidate for attorney general. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, Before we let you go, where can people go to learn more about your campaign? AndreaCampbell.org is our website. You can find everything there, including our social media platforms, AndreaCampbell.org. And thank you all for having me. Thanks so much, uh, Andrea. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Andrea Campbell, candidate for uh, Attorney General, Democratic nominee for Attorney General. And uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. This is South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris here on 1420 WBSM. Hey. Hi, Chris. Hello, Marcus. How are you, sir? Okay. We don't have to talk to anybody else for the rest of the show. (laughs) So, (laughs) No, that was a great interview. I think she was very impressive. Yeah. And I have a few things I want to say about it because... I think it's important that we put a couple things right out there that aren't obvious because they're not here. And by that, I mean her opponent. Um, 
Yeah, Marcus, you have repeatedly reached out to his to her opponent repeatedly. Who only li- today. who lives down the street and born? Yeah, lives about twenty minutes away. Um, and uh, I know uh, people that he knows well. I, I said I have a, a close connection with this these people over right. here that know you really well. Uh, come on the show. I've had to call a few times. I did get in contact with somebody today. They said they call back, but it's been a few times. Andre Campbell. It's been a lot easier to schedule. And folks, I think you have to take that into account. Yeah. Now, generally speaking, I vote for Republicans. Yeah. Someone called you a rhino, uh, by the way, last week on the uh, on yeah. the app chat. <laughs> I'm a rhino. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, do you know Chris McCarthy? Yeah. Chris McCarthy's done a lot more to elect Republicans, <laughs> right. much to my chagrin, right. than than anybody in this listening audience. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah. it. it I'm a fair-minded person, yeah. and I I um I appreciate people who are who are open to the audience, right? Yeah. How can the world can can I even consider Jay McMahon when he won't answer? Never mind the question, the phone call, right? Yeah. How can I trust the man to be Attorney General when he won't return our phone calls? Yeah. Right. And 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 and, and the person with probably a you know, double-digit polling lead right now is answering the phone calls, so... It's a great point, exactly. Marcus, right? So. And look, she just... If, if you listen to that interview, she had no she had no idea what we are going to ask her. I mean, no. she, know, she knows the matter, so she understands... I never, tell people, I never tell people what we're going to talk no, about. In fact, no. I hate the question. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I, I hate when people ask <laughs> right. me that. What are you going to talk about? I don't know. What does it matter? <laughs> right, the weather? Do you, do, you know, yeah, do you know stuff or not? Right. if you right, don't right. know stuff, right. then you shouldn't be here. Right. Your job performance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Right. So, um, Ms. Campbell answered every one of our questions, and um, she she didn't stumble. Um, and I'll also tell you that I think she's downplaying. Well, well it's not even not stumbling because anybody you know I can get through. A, a, I can get through a tough question without stumbling. It's the depth of knowledge. There you go. Exactly. I guess that's a better way to put yeah. it. The um, I think she's in some ways, and I, and I appreciate this about her. I think she's downplaying her personal story. Um, long before I'd ever heard of her, I heard of her family. Okay, you folks know that Mike. Besides politics, I do organized crime stuff. Yeah, well, stories on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, let's That's a nice to, isolated little sound bit. Right, yeah. right. Let's not add to those rumors. But anyway, <laughs> the, um, so the um, the fact of the matter is that. If you ever read the book Hitman by Howie Carr and John Moderano, that's all. That, that's got some chapters on her family in it, right? They were major players. She wasn't. Her family was, right? And um, she overcame that incredible tragedy and stuff that most children do not. I certainly didn't experience. Marcus, you didn't experience. Right. It's one thing to give yourself a pat on the back for avoiding trouble. But when the trouble is 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 the person who who's in charge of paying the rent and right. and has the next bedroom over, it's a little more courageous to have avoided the trouble. And so I do think Miss Campbell um, has a lot to be admired about her. Um, I don't always agree with her, certainly on issues. I you know, and probably probably right after she gets elected, some of your wise Heimers will call up and go, "Yo, you voted for her, McCarthy." Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and I'll go, "You're right, I did." Right, and 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 that's because. Someone doesn't have to earn my vote by agreeing with me on all the issues. That yeah. would be a ridiculous standard. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know... It's... No, you don't. Because actually, you wouldn't vote for anybody that disagrees with you. I'm joking, Marcus. I, well, here's my thing. Okay, first of all, 
I voted for Charlie Baker in 2018. Not 2014. I voted for Charlie Baker in 2018. That's the only cross-party, I think, vote that I've ever uh, that I've ever um, given, actually. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think if someone's... And it was the same sort of philosophy that, like, you know, Jay Gonzalez, I think, was... He seemed like a nice guy. I met him. You know, mm-hmm. he seemed like a nice guy. I just... I was like, well, Charlie Baker's doing a good job, right? And I don't like a lot of the things that he's done. I don't particularly love him on education, honestly, uh, on his educational stances, like the MCAS, like charter schools, things like that. But I thought he was bringing a lot to the South Coast. I thought he'd earned it. I thought he was bringing a lot to the South Coast. I thought he'd been a good governor. I think Massachusetts was doing well. So I voted for him. And there was, you know, I think most Democrats did actually based on the result. <laughs> based on the history of it. Yeah, right. right. The, um, yeah, exactly. So, the, so. Marcus, the uh, on the on funny you bring it up on the issues because my question to her about charter schools was not because I'm I'm a overarching fan of charter schools, really quite the opposite. I'm I'm skeptical of the whole idea. Um, I do think you can get lucky. I think the one that Steve Fatato runs, got Global Learning, is an exception. Um, I do think Alme Doma has done done a good job. Um, but you know, there's City on a Hill. But that exactly, yeah. there's city on a hill in New Bedford, yeah. and I, that's something that I will that other, not forget. There's right? that other uh, now defunct charter application, and it felt like they were swarming over uh, New Bedford and Forver like buzzards. Right, they you wanted know? the seats that, yeah, that city, city on, on a hill, hill vacated. Yeah, yeah. Had, had plundered. Right. So my my question and my point with her on that subject matter was really not about charter schools or her position, but that she took a position. It was unpopular with very serious interests within mm-hmm. the Democrat Party and held her and own. And she's been hit on it, um, yeah, yeah. both in her campaign for mayor and her campaign for attorney general. She was definitely, I had Quentin Palfrey sitting right where you're sitting, Chris, actually, and he was hitting her on it uh, right? here. Uh, so, And so for a woman or a man, whatever, to take a position that's opposite of what most of the people in their, the power players in their political party want before the primary... Anyone could do that after the primary, but she did it in the primary um, when it could really have personally cost her. Um, very well may have cost her in the mayor's race. I don't know. Um, but yeah. it could have cost her in the attorney general's race. And so I think she has to be applauded on that one. And not because of her position on the charter schools, but because of her courage to take that position. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I would say the, the, the results of the mayor race for, for her were serendipitous, yeah. honestly. Because um, I think this is a much better opportunity, and I think she'd, she'd agree as well. Uh, but yeah, that was a great interview. I like Andrea. She's a fan of our work, too. Because I, I got to talk to her um, on, on on Saturday at the Somerset uh Democratic Town Committee event, and she was like, oh, you got, you know, she basically told me she appreciated the work that we're doing here. Right. So it's great. Uh, 508-996-0500. So you can get in the program. While we're on the subject, <laughs> um, while we're on the subject, uh, I saw Lisa Kashinsky tweet out, um, friend of the show, uh, that the more Healy has, uh, she's brought in uh, about a half a million dollars. Uh, in this last cycle, hour. Oh, no. uh, yeah, right. In the last just hour? now, <laughs> just now. Um, so uh, she brought up about a uh, yeah, uh, brought in about a half a million dollars. Now has three point five million in her account. Well, by the way, on on a similar vein, Jeff Deal clipped a buck and a half worth of coupons at his kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Deal. <laughs> Jeff Deal 
Look, honey, 50 cents off Alpo. Jeff Deal actually has raised 191 and has 88,000 on hand. You know how many... I think that's like what Ian Abreu has as an account. Like, I think there's a couple right. city councilors with that money in their bank accounts right really? now. Seriously. And county elected officials. Mayor Mitchell has twice as much, more than twice as much as $88,000 on hand. Well, so, so if you're running a mayor, if you're running a, 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 a gubernatorial race that's serious, that's not going to cut it, right? That's not, that, that's not going to cut it. It's actually, frankly, pretty pathetic. Not in one of the most expensive media markets in America. Well, right, exactly. And, and here's the thing. Because we were listening earlier, um, we were listening earlier to, to Barry's show, and there were people that were calling in, and they were sort of um, uh, excusing the fact that Deal doesn't have any money. They're like, oh, well, you know, he's not showing up here in New Bedford. And by the way, he's not showing up here in New Bedford. He hasn't at all shown up here in New Bedford. Uh, I think he went once to the feast and he asked the city councilor at the feast how much crime happened over the weekend. So um, he's not showing up at all in New Bedford. And I think uh, the reason why he doesn't have any money is because he's an awful candidate who can't raise money. Everybody's like trying to excuse that away. Well, he doesn't have any money. Why wouldn't he come down here? Well, he doesn't have any money because he sucks. He's a bad candidate. He's a he's, he's a terrible candidate. And the by people the, fighting question one seem to have plenty of money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They, they, they are yeah, literally they dropped 10 million in their bank account. They are yeah. aligned with him, you know, him, him philosophically. And. The, there's plenty of money for question one. National Party's dumping a million dollars over the border here, over the Rhode Island border, uh, for Alan Fung. That's a great point. Because they, you know why? Because they, even though it's New England and everybody's a liberal, they see a winnable race here. If they see a winnable, God, how much money they put into Susan Collins. If they see a winnable race here, they're going to put money into it. And I would think that Rhode Island is a bluer state than even, than, than Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and... The reality of it is, is that you have to They're, try. Well, Massachusetts, uh, Rhode Island's further removed from electing a statewide Republican than we are. We have not been able to get Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal has, do we want to talk about this? Yeah, why not? How he's avoiding coming on this program. He's avoiding, uh, he's avoiding, he, he's, <laughs> you, you heard someone say he was on Newsmax, right? Right, and that's the point, right? Right. And Newsmax runs ads here. If you like Newsmax, great. Yes. But the point of Newsmax is, it's a it's a sympathetic audience, right? It's a it, you're you're talking to It'd people. It'd be like saying Healy's on MSNBC. Yeah, yeah, like oh Healy's camp, right? Yeah, right, exactly. No kidding. Okay, yeah, of course she is. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a sympathetic audience, so you're not talking. You're not getting new votes by going on there. You're not convincing people. It's kind of weird because I remember when he was in New Bedford, uh, when he was running for Senate, and I saw him. Um, do actually, I thought a pretty decent job. He, okay. he, he, obviously, he was, you know, buddies with Trump, and that wasn't great in 2018, right? right? And it's not great now, but it wasn't great in 2018 either. Trump uh, lost the House that year uh, by a lot. But um, he said, you know, he tried to put a nice spin on it, and he was like, listen, I'm going to come down here in New Bedford. I'm going to use my relationship with the White House as an asset to bring more dollars down here. I was like, oh, that's a, I think that's a, actually a decent pitch. That's a good story, right? I think it's a decent pitch, and I thought he did pretty well. And it's like, you know, you typically see Republican challengers or even challengers to uh, an incumbent uh, try to come down here where people often feel like they're overlooked by Beacon Hill. Right. But here's more Healy's been down here a heck of a lot more than he has. More Healy, in fact, on her second day with Mayor Driscoll as a newly minted ticket came down here um, to earn the endorsement of Mayor Mitchell, which, you know. Right. 
he was going to endorse. Of course, he was going to endorse. Right. It, but she thought it was important to be here. You know, she thought it was important to be here in New Bedford. And I will tell you, folks, that what is going on behind the scenes, and I don't want to bother you with too much inside baseball, but if you're listening to us, you probably enjoy that part of the game. Mm-hmm. So Marcus and I can sit. You, li- you listen, right? We just had Andrea Campbell on. She enjoyed the experience. We had Anthony Amore on Anthony, last week. Right. We, we have Desaglio. Desaglio here. We had Schmidt just here. Most of the local reps have, or senators have come in. If they, if they haven't come in yet, they Two will. Two members of Congress. You know, it's it's. this is a very friendly audience, right? Mm-hmm. We ask serious questions. We, we have fun with the guests. This is not a hard place generally, unless there's something wrong with you, um, for, for a candidate. Yeah. So the fact that Jeff Deal keeps avoiding us and trying to go on other programs, even though his staff has been told, you got to come through South Coast tonight. Yeah. He keeps trying to go around. And, and the fact that Marcus, who, who does a lot of the production work here and works very hard, and I appreciate it, and the station does too, does does the work for us, I mean, yeah. this show, right? Um, he... Um, He's given him a lot of his own time yeah. of trying to make this work. And the guy... I was, I was bedridden uh, last week right. making phone calls, trying to book guests, including right. him. And I heard I was going to get... Uh, so, oh, they'll, he'll get back to you. Right. I got a phone call. He'll get back to you. Oh, they're looking forward to going on this show. I'm like, I know you requested going on that show several times over now, but right. I told you you're coming here. Right. Or you're not coming here at all. Right. And, and, the, and, and then I'll just tell you this, folks. This is a this isn't M, this isn't um, NPR. This is a for profit corporation. Yeah. Right. And Marcus and I understand that. You you you, know, you don't hear ads here anymore, which means he doesn't appreciate your time either. He doesn't appreciate our time. He wants and can you? I can't imagine this as a Republican candidate, and I'm not a rhino. I can't imagine a real free market entrepreneurial candidate expecting a radio station to give him free time on his terms. Exactly. But he's not going to buy time that he could, That you know, I mean. I agree. It is really, I mean, who do you think turns the lights on here? Yeah. We have a sales staff. We have, we have people, I mean, this whole operation costs money. And this guy doesn't even buy ads here. 508-996-0500. Good evening, you're live. Hey, guys. Uh, great show again. As Thank you. Always. Thank hey, you. hey, Chris, I just heard you say, oh, I'm not a writer. I'm not a... <laughs> but yeah, that, that's why I'm calling because, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah, uh, because of what Chris um, Deal did, said, whatever, um, you said, oh, I'm, I'm moving from over here. So, I'm not the one that called you the rhino, but um, I'm saying that Marcus has been trying to indoctrinate you. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'll explain. No, listen. I think it's a, I think it's a valid criticism of me. Yeah. So let me explain it. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you why I cannot vote for Jeff Deal, and okay. therefore you have to vote. I mean, I guess I I guess I could blank the race, but that's not my yeah. my no way of going. But because Jeff Deal is not qualified to be the governor of Massachusetts, being the governor of Massachusetts is not so much about what you know. It's your ability to hire and retain good staff and your ability to make important decisions in in a very short amount of time. Jeff Deal has demonstrated none of those extremely life savings and life important skill set for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. You can and I, and I, and I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that, but I but I still can't 
You know, I'm, I'm a conservative. I, I just can't pull that trigger. <laughs> listen, listen I'm not, I, I didn't come to this decision easily, I right? I mean, if you listen to me, I'm I'm not jumping up and down saying it's the right. I would love. And you were beating the drum for Doty. I, I thought yeah. Doty would be. Doty, look, can attract a staff. Doty can make decisions. Doty has has created jobs. I mean, I there are a lot of people that need the services of the Commonwealth, right? I just don't believe that Jeff Deal can make those important decisions or the, or the correct ones. And I don't think he's demonstrated even the maturity to, to be given the incredible honor of being a governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It's, uh, it's, all, it, it, it's beyond me that he decided he doesn't have to prove it. Right. Right. That, that's, that's a great description there, Chris. Um, you know, and um, I, I, I don't think I can do it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is you can blanket. It's the same. I mean, all really. right, all right. Hey, you guys, have a good night. Thank Thanks you. for the call. Hey, listen, we're going to take this break, and we'll be back. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris and Marcus on WBSM. 1420 W. So, hey, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. Uh we were talking with Andrea Campbell. We were talking with Rep Schmid. Well, I, I was very impressed with Schmidt. Oh, yeah. That's the sure. first time I ever talked with him. Yeah. Um, I liked his opponent. I thought the kid was nice, uh, Evan Genro. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's smart. And um, if you, I thought that um, he's running a good campaign. This time he's, he's not attacking Schmidt. I don't, I don't even know really what their major differences are except life experience, really, um, on the issues. I'm sure there are, but I just don't. General didn't draw many distinctions, which is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I asked. I'd like to I think see he, the kid. How do how do I say this? Marcus? I think what he's. I, th I I think I think Gendro's thing is. You know, it's like, um, I think it's more. I think he's presenting himself as very Charlie Baker esque. So I was going to say and that he got the endorsement of Governor he Baker. Did get the, he did get the endorsement of Baker. Yeah, I would say which that is not a small thing. I would like to encourage Evan Genro, um's future in the Republican Party. I think he is the kind of people we want yeah. representing the Republican Party. And I would hate to have him, you know, he'd come back for a second yeah. time at it, which is which is very good. Um, I think that young man ought to be encouraged. Yeah. Um, you've got, I, I'm glad I'm not voting in that election because I was very impressed with Representative Schmidt. And yeah, I can't, I couldn't, I can't I, both I, in, encourage Evan by voting for him and Vote for Schmidt. You know what I'm saying. Obviously, you can't vote for. Both. Well, I think I think, like I said, I think Evans really making a big splash in this race. Yes, uh, and I think that's a really competitive race that you can watch out for. Honestly, uh, it's a, it's a good district for a guy like Evan. Right, and and yeah. at the same time, you've got a, a a representative like Schmidt who bucks leadership, which I like. Um, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it wildly. Um, sticks by his convictions. Um, firearms owner, as you can see, we talked knowledgeably about him. He's a, he's a Marine Corps veteran. Um, those things are important to me, you know. Um, again, I, I think that you have to have an opposition you can work with, right, in the yeah. legislature. It's, it's one of the things I, I've, I've kidded Marcus about or we kill each other about when, he, when I said, you're going you're gonna to remember the days of Charlie Baker when there was a, an opposition the Democrats could work with on Beacon Hill. Once one party gets complete control, um, 
they begin to turn on each other. Um, and, and the craziest of the ideas percolate to the top. Um, and that's why it's, it's very rare. Yeah, and I think that's, again, I think that's part of Evan's campaign uh, is trying to, you know, like I said, present more of a, a less um, party dominant Yes. Beacon Hill. And, and when you look, Marcus, at the madness of the, within the Republican Party, um, and I don't mean issues you disagree with them on, Marcus, but I'm talking about the complete chaos and madness. Yeah. Um, look what's happening to Anthony Amore, who's a wonderful candidate for state auditor. Re- yeah. Right? They're trying. <laughs> the wackos are trying to primary the man. Within the Republican Party. Yeah, what we, oh, I was listening to the... Um, I was listening to I list I listen to myself so much. <laughs> well, by the way, we both do. You have to. You, you have, have to. to. You have to listen to yourself a lot to get better. Uh, but I enjoyed when when Jess had said uh, that guy Keys was the um, was the and we both just were like unanimously. Oh, that jerk from the Cape. Right, right, right. <laughs> because, because we remember him when he ran for governor's council. He, I, I, and I looked at, I, because I said this on air, and I looked it back up again just to, just to make sure, just to make sure I wasn't wrong about it because it was a serious thing I accused him of doing. But I was right. He was, he basically tried to tie Joe Ferreira, our governor's council, and the governor's council for people who don't know, approved judges. That's basically one of the primary functions of their job. Absolutely, is getting judges on the bench here in the Commonwealth. Right, and he tried, and this is, this is right after. After um, uh, New Bedford native and, and Yarmouth police officer Sean Gannon was tragically shot to death um, by uh, Thomas Latanowicz, who's now serving life in prison. Right. Uh, Latanowicz had a lengthy record. Um, some people argued he shouldn't have been out on the street, um, which is fair. And he basically tried to tie that to Joe, Joe Ferreira. And I, I, I read it. He didn't outright say, but he tried to do it. And it was and it was like. I mean, it, this thing had just happened, and I thought it was a really terrible, crappy thing to do. It, it, and, and it's, it is a and, terrible thing and, to do. And I'm, and I'm justified in my, uh, in my belief that he's a jerk by the fact that he's doing this to Anthony Amore. Right. So, so for those of you who don't know, Joe Ferrer, although a Democrat, is a retired former chief of police, okay? He's a, he's, he's a pro-law enforcement guy, if ever there was one. Yeah. And, and a former prosecutor. The idea... Yeah. That he would somehow be soft on crime. I mean, it just, or somehow responsible for a cop killer. I mean, it turns your stomach. Yeah. It, Those are the kind of charges that make you ineligible to hold office. Yeah. And now he's just running some, some, uh, he's just running in some, uh, awful spike campaign against, I, and again, I'm a Democrat, but Anthony Moore is a transparently decent person. Right. He just is. He's, he's a qualified guy. He's a qualified, transparently decent guy. When you look at the rest of the Republican ticket, Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we got it. We got to take this break. We'll miss you we'll when you're gone, Mr. Yeah. Governor Baker. We'll miss you when you're gone. The New England Patriots are 